0: Confidence in one's value as a human being is correlated with achievement, healthy relationships, and kind of overall life satisfaction. <music>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the lost art of parenting, a parenting podcast here to help educate, entertain, and encourage you in all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you are doing and why, so that you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while also enjoying your job as a parent and enjoying your children along the way. My name is Jesse Merrill, I'll be your host, but we cannot do our parenting podcast without the parenting master herself.
0: Dun, 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 dun. Kim
1: Cross <laughs> insert sound effects
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jesse.
1: What are we talking about today, Kim?
0: Oh my goodness, something I think we all need to hear about more is our self-esteem and our confidence. And I thought I would start with, you know, there's we're going to get into descriptors and definitions and the components of self-esteem and all mm. of that. But, you know, self-esteem starts obviously very early in life in early childhood and it grows up until about the age 60 and then it starts to decline in old age. Just a little side note, I'm 60, so I guess I'm at the I guess peak. you're
1: on the downhill. <laughs> you're on the downhill from here. It's just Take downhill. that as you will.
0: Oh, that's depressing, but no. Um, I think part of what I'm going to say next will help with this. So Confidence in one's value as a human being is correlated with achievement, healthy relationships, and kind of overall life satisfaction.
1: Mm.
0: But unfortunately, today's culture defines that differently. Okay. We look at self-esteem or confidence and we attach it to appearance. We attach it to our wealth. We attach it to how popular we are. Mm. And that's a problem, right? So how we define self-esteem and confidence, I think makes a lot of the difference in how we see ourselves and, and how we rate ourselves, um, in that, in that spectrum.
1: Well, let's further kind of define self-esteem. Give me some more. I mean, we, we use the phrase a lot, but I think having more clarity on it is helpful to then understand what we're actually trying to do with yes, it. Yes.
0: I am so glad you said that. Self-esteem was got a really bad rap back in the 80s. There was a published uh, newspaper article that really bashed it and said, oh, you get a trophy for breathing and everybody's so mm. awesome. And that's not what self-esteem is. So let's kind of delineate what it is and what it isn't. Okay. So I have a list of adjectives here. So self-esteem is confidence. It's not arrogance. Okay. There's a big difference, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's belief in yourself, but it's not being boastful. Okay. okay. It's feeling loved and valued, but it's not narcissism, which has become a big word in our yes, culture today. Absolutely. We're throwing it around like crazy. Um, it's knowing yourself, know thyself, very important, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily self centeredness. I'm only going to worry about myself, I'm not concerned about anybody else. Okay. okay? Self esteem is a healthy pride. It's not false pride. Hey, I'm good at everything. I'm awesome. Well, no, you're not. Mm. <laughs> Nobody is right. It's yes. competence. It's not empty compliments. Okay. We don't just give somebody empty, empty compliments just to make us or them feel better. It, you have to be good at why you're being complimented. Okay. It's accomplishing goals instead of trying to please. Okay. And then it's healthy risk-taking, that's a sign actually of high self-esteem is healthy, that's the key word, risk-taking, but it's not being foolish or fearful, okay? Okay. One of my favorite definitions that came out of the 70s and 80s, so yes, I'm dating myself, was by a self-esteem kind of pioneer guru named Nathaniel Brandon. And I love this quote he defines self-esteem as a quiet confidence in one's potential. So if you break that down, you're quiet, you're not boasting, you're not arrogant, you're not narcissistic, you're not real public about it, but it's about my potential. Maybe I haven't done it yet, but I can look ahead and go, you know, I think I can give that a try. And whether I fail or not doesn't matter. I'm taking a healthy risk. I have the confidence to give it a whirl okay so i just i love that a quiet confidence in one's potential
1: so i guess we're about to kind of move into what building blocks we might see in self-esteem but i think it's really important that you kind of give us a reason why you can talk about this why what what are your credentials that that allow you to speak to these things in self-esteem because normally that would fall under somebody who's a psychologist or whatever, right? What what qualifies you to speak in this?
0: Well, I was very, very honored and privileged to work with uh, Robert Reisner, and he was the president of the International Center for Self-Esteem in the Bay Area. And we got to travel quite a bit as a team, a number of us, um, even to places like Russia after the fall of communism and at the time and a lot of other places where we got to train people, educate people, and encourage people. And he came up with the five building blocks or five components of self-esteem. And I was trained under him for years and then did trainings with him or separate from him eventually when he retired. Okay. So I thought I would uh, kind of break down those five components, roughly, um, and give people sort of a, a, a good grasp of what does self-esteem and confidence, what is it composed of? so if you can think of a pyramid the base or foundation of the pyramid is sense of security so we feel secure we feel safe there's some predictability and continuity in our lives that's always a good thing the second thing that's built on top of that base is the sense of identity who am i how do i view myself how do others view me how do i think others view me (laughs) it's complicated the third one the middle section of this pyramid is the sense of belonging Meaning, where do I fit in? What do I have in common with other people, my values? And am I accepted? And do I have um, a place where I belong and I have um, something of value to add to a group, okay? Okay? The next component number four is sense of purpose. Why am I here? What are the gifts and talents I possess and how can I use them? towards serving other people and, and making a difference in the world. Mm. gives me really a sense of, of um, why I belong uh, not only to a group, but where I fit in in the world. And then the last one is a sense of competence, meaning, okay. all right, I'm good at these things and I can apply them and I add value to whatever situation I'm in regarding those skill sets.
1: So. We've, we've kind of de- defined these building blocks, which I think is super helpful of how we get to that goal of self-esteem, but ultimately you and I as believers, mm-hmm. that might look slightly different as to what the world might tell us it is. So Very can, secular, you, can, isn't yeah, it? can you speak to how we as Christians might see self-esteem and how we might pursue it?
0: Right. I think you can still use those five components, but from a biblical point of view, I think is what you're saying. So we get our identity through Christ as believers, Mm -hmm. right? He's our creator. And uh, Genesis 127, God created man in his own image. So we know that God created us wonderfully and fearfully made. That's Psalm 139. We know that we're created in his image, which can't get much better than the image of God. Right. And he made us with a purpose. He made us with skills. He made us with an identity. Um, and he gives us that sense of security in who he is as well, and that he's in us. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is Philippians 4.13. If if you can look at those components either through secular eyes or through Christian eyes, I think they all still fit.
1: Absolutely. I think so as well. Talk to me a little bit about what... Um, low self-esteem might present as. If you're a parent, you're looking at your children. Ultimately, this is a parenting podcast. You want to kind of know, does my child have high, medium, low Mm self-esteem? And you're probably going to be looking for warning signs. So let's talk about what warning signs or what should we be looking for in a child that may be presenting with low self-esteem?
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you asked that because I get that question a lot. Parents will say, here's what I'm seeing. Is this normal? Or is this right? Mm. Or what should I be looking for? Right. Um, and kind of warning signs, as you mentioned, of, oh, I think we're heading down a bad path. So okay. I've got quite a list. I'll try to go through them as quickly as I can. But indicators of low self-esteem are they're constantly testing the limits and manipulating. I know that's probably not what you'd expect to hear right out mm. of the gate. But a kid who doesn't have good boundaries, and we talked in many of my podcasts about setting and enforcing limits, Mm -hmm. um, if they don't have those limits and they become manipulative and they've got too much power, not a good thing for a kid's self-control and and part of their um, components of self-esteem. Uh, these kids typically lack motivation are very whiny okay meaning I'm not secure in who I am or I don't know what my skill sets are or I don't know how to apply them so that that feeling of purpose and competence is lacking. Mm-hmm. They're excessively shy. Shy is a, a thing. I have, you know, that's not a bad thing. But they're excessively withdrawn and fearful, okay. to the point where there's no sense of security, which is the foundation of mm. our five components. Yes. They're distrust, distrusting, and very, very indecisive. They can be hypersensitive, and or blame others. They're very critical of other people. They're, you see a high degree of jealousy. Okay. There because they they don't feel good about themselves. They're going to make you feel bad so that they feel better they feel about better. themselves yeah. temporarily. They're boastful. They're arrogant. We kind of talked about that narcissistic right. tendency. Um, they don't like to share with others. They don't. They feel like anything I give away is lost forever, and they kind of panic. Mm-hmm. And that's a kind of an insecure position. Um, they bully and tease other kids. We see that quite a bit. Um, they can fall victim to peer pressure very easily. They're they want to
1: feel value because, they want to fit in to feel valued and so they'll do they whatever do. everybody else is doing.
0: Yeah, and they're not thinking for themselves. They're listening to an outside voice instead of their inside voice asking, is this good for me or not? Right. Um, they engage in a lot of antisocial behavior. They seek approval and avoid conflict. They constantly are in a state of fear and will feel fear failure to the point of not even attempting it or trying. Mm-hmm. They can fall under depression, underachievement, and then the culminating thing is incarceration. There's a high correlation of low self esteem and, and folks that unfortunately go off to jail.
1: That is unfortunate. Well, let's go to the flip side, you know. A positive note. You, yeah, well, you also it's like, okay, well, my kid isn't presenting with any of those things. So they're at least moderate self esteem. <laughs> Talk to me about high self esteem. What do we see what presenting do we look for? in kids? That are high self-esteem.
0: Yeah, what do we look for? So
1: or even people. Maybe you're people this, may, in general, this may not even just be for kids. It could be for you. Are oh, you seeing this in your absolutely. spouse or yourself?
0: This is for people in general, adults, every age group. Absolutely. So high self-esteem indicators are things like not just confidence, right? But you're capable, meaning competence, and you're caring. You care enough to to want to be involved and to do a good job. These people with high self-esteem are respectful. There's all, they are also responsible. If okay. they say they're gonna do something, they do it. They follow through. They have good social skills. Um, they typically are very well connected. Doesn't mean you have to have a lot of friends. You can have one or two really good friendships, but right. you're connected. Um, they have personal accountability. They're positive, generally have a very positive outlook, kind of glass half full instead of half empty. Okay. They're productive. They're not perfectionistic. They're more uh, perseverance-driven. I'm going to keep trying. I'm not afraid of the failure. I'll keep going. It doesn't have to be perfect, you know, close enough. Sometimes we need perfection in certain industries and and skill sets, but um, these people will persevere and not give up easily. Mm. They have a lot of self-acceptance. That doesn't mean they like everything about themselves, but they've come to accept it, and they are self-disciplined. A okay. couple more things. They're curious, again, willing to risk failure, take, take healthy risks. They're resilient, um, they're independent, they're ethical, honest and empathetic. And they're not afraid to get feedback about themselves from other people. And they can be in a position where they feel confident enough to share their opinions mm. with other people, not just hold it back. And here's the really important thing that I look for in kids with high self-esteem, and that's to set healthy boundaries. Absolutely. Because if the parents have done that and set and enforced healthy limits and boundaries, kids with high self-esteem can typically do the same thing.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think it's really important that um, our listeners just know that they can make an appointment with you to learn how to practically build or improve your child's confidence and self-esteem. I mean, you've got kind of this this way you do it where you can make specific suggestions and tips on how to accomplish this at each stage of those building blocks we work through. Right, there's the framework. Yeah, whether they're at the bottom or they're at the top and they just need a little coaching, you can help them at any of those layers. And you can also, I mean, social media is such a huge impact on people's self-esteem these days. Only seeing the most perfect tailored views of people all the time can Definitely I'm a 30 something year old man and I'm constantly going, man, all these people are in this such a great stage of life that I'm not in. And I know I can't even imagine being a teenager now trying to deal with those things. So um, I'm assuming you've also started working through that kind of stuff and have suggestions on how to coach parents through helping their teens survive this social media craziness that can really be damaging yeah, only
0: for the last five or 10 years have I had to work right. on that yeah no yeah. i kidding but social media has been highly destructive and I can help parents and help their children understand that their identity doesn't fall under what other people think or what other things have been posted and edited and polished mm. and you know airbrushed and all of all that, things. all those cultural expectations that we started in an intro about, which is not about your physical appearance. It's not about your wealth. It's not about any of those things. So I can help them with that for sure.
1: Well, and I think also I, helping identify talents and gifts are so huge, you know, having a purpose or I know that I'm good at this is really important. And you've talked to me that there's, there's different areas of intelligence or giftedness that a child might present with, and you can help parents identify that within their children. Because once they identify that, that's something that you can encourage and help them capitalize on, which is ultimately going to give them such a great amount of confidence and help start that building block of self-esteem to get Ex- to those higher exactly. echelons.
0: And you know, the whole reason I am talking about this topic is somebody else saw something in me that got me into the business I'm in, because mm. I didn't see it myself and neither did anybody else except for this individual. Right. So if parents can do that earlier on in their child's life to say, you know, you have a propensity for this, you have a gift for this, you have a talent for this, that changes the trajectory of that child's life because now they know I have a God-given talent and purpose other people see this in me, I'm starting to see it in myself, which gives me confidence and competence Mm. in a future path and and purpose in my life. It's huge.
1: Absolutely. Well, please make an appointment with Kim. um, If you are worried or even just wanting to do a checkup as far as self esteem goes with your children, you can go to rethinkparenting.com. And I just really encourage you guys to Um, make use of this amazing resource. We put these podcasts out so that you get initial steps and initial thoughts towards these things, but nothing really can substitute for a one-on-one with Kim. So thank you, Kim, for sharing all these amazing things. And thank Thank you. you listeners for joining us on yet another episode of the lost art of parenting. We'll see you next time.